arrival of Ayrton Senna, a truly staggering talent. He'll be ranked among the all-time greats. How do you feel about being world champion? It's not a bad feeling at all, is it? Hello and welcome back to Rogue Opinions and to another episode of the Career Retrospectives. Uh, my name is Reece Saunders and tonight I'm joined by Mr. Carl Pierce and a new member and um, he will be strictly kept to the sport in retrospectives. He's Mr. Asad Abbas. How are you both? I'm good. Thank you, Reese. This is weird. <laughs> I, 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 I know I'm in charge. No, it's not. It's not. It's not just that. I feel like Eric Bischoff now. <laughs> yeah, mate. But you're, you're not back. You're not back. You're not better than ever. Um... <laughs> oh, look at this bastard now. He's got power and he's abusing it now. <laughs> um, so yeah, no. After the um, after the the, the good the, the great one of Sir Alex Ferguson that we recorded, I had much fun recording that. We've decided to venture away from football. Uh, primarily, it was going to be a football podcast. So we're going to do a range of sports people. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about arguably one of the greatest Formula One drivers of all time in uh, Mr. Ayrton Senna. Uh, guys, just before we kick on, um, how how important is was Ayrton Senna in you guys watching Formula One? Starting with you, Carl. Yeah, he was very important. It's he. He's uh, one of the reasons I started watching Formula One, basically, because obviously out of us three, I'm the only one who was alive when he was actually racing. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I don't feel old at I don't feel old at all. But yeah, I, I probably that's something a pensioner would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, ignoring that comment. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, I've got loads more coming. It's around uh, around ninety around nineteen ninety two. I started watching watching it properly, and yes, and there was a big reason, uh, big reason for that. Just a, a great driver, basically. Asad, uh, well, um, I well, I started watching Formula One in ninety eight, so that's ninety eight, ninety nine. So when it's free, because we're born in ninety six, so obviously. Senna was just, uh, you could say, just uh, you know, a myth to me, and I think I started because um, I remember I had a season book. I think it was two history of Formula One from 1915 till 2001, and then you you start reading it, and then you just go through all the stuff that he's done. And when you read the statistics, he's won three world championships, comparing to Schumacher, who 2001. <laughs> Uh, you won it four, well, four times at that time. We well, just won it four times. But I think thanks to the internet and then you're looking up, you know, his name. I think the first time I came across him when Murray Walker, the great Murray Walker, um, he was doing a mini review of his favourite drivers um, and he commentated one of those drivers, Senna. And then you started to understand his yeah. aura, his, you know, his mystique, if you want to call it, just how... Amazing, he was. Yeah, no, but I, I, as I was saying to Carl before we start recording, my my introduction to that and Senna was uh, actually Top Gear. Um, Top Gear did a like a tribute video to to Ayrton and Senna, which was cruelly cut off on the replays because because Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz were on the show, and it was 
Fully cut off. But um, I was that—that that was my first, not the first introduction to Ayrton Senna, but that was what I've, I've come fully aware of him. And just some of the stuff he did, it just in that quick, in that fifteen-minute video that I watched, I was just in awe. And then from there, I became a. I started watching Formula One more, and then I started watching the Senna um, videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And then I watched, of course, the Senna documentary. I take it we've all watched that and we all thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I was just hooked on Ayrton Senna from there. And the sad you know, of course, how much I, I like Ayrton Senna. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll say, I, I think Ayrton Senna's one of my favourite drivers of all time, just from the stuff I've seen. Um, and, that's, and also, another man that we're going to talk about in this podcast a lot, Alan Prost, is my, my, probably my second favourite Formula One driver, just in terms of sheer ruthlessness and tenacity that he showed during his career. But, uh, we're here to, to, to talk about Ayrton Senna, so we're going to go back uh, all the way to um, 1977, where he won his first uh, go-karting championship. He contested the, the Kite World Championship each year from 78 to 82, and finished a runner-up in 79 and 80. Uh, and then in 81, he moved to, to England, and he started doing the, uh, the Formula Fords and stuff like that. But he didn't think he would continue in motorsport, uh, he was under pressure from his parents, um, of course, to take a role in the, the family business. And he did announce his retirement. Can you imagine uh, as Senna, I mean, retiring from from uh, like racing and we never saw him? Uh, it, it'd be a strange world to live in. It would be, yeah. Um, it, you, might not, you might not have your Lewis Hamiltons and, and such like, because he inspired a lot of people to become racing drivers. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, uh, but then, of course, a Formula Ford 2000 team offered him 10 grand and he decided to take the offer and he'd come back to England and he went to win the British and European Formula Ford 2000 championships. Uh, Asad, I know you want to talk about this, so I'll, I'll let you talk about the um, the British Formula 3 championship team. So I'll, I'll let you take over from there. Well, yeah, um, he competed against uh, Martin Brundle. Martin Brundle, who's now a well-respected Formula One commentator, uh, color commentator, and uh, it's an interesting thing about um, that as well because it also began his sort of um, sort of his ruthless aggression to win because uh, Ayrton Senna, which was touched on the on the Top Gear to- documentary, Ayrton Senna, one of his ways of sort of mentally getting into your head is he's going to put his car in a position to put you in a crash and he will let the opposing driver to decide whether to take that crash or not. And yeah. Martin Brundle uh, experienced that firsthand during that uh, competition. Um, but it's... Was, this, was this the one where Senna's car ended on top of his head? Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> Oh, that 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 God! That, that was a prelude of things to come. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh. <laughs> but but it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that Senna went on to win that championship. But it's kind of interesting that hadn't Senna been in, we could have had a we could have had Brundle the movie. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Can you imagine? I know Martin Brother takes a lot of, uh, of flack for like his career, but let's go. He was he, he, he was a very accomplished racing driver. Um, he come back from. I'm pretty right. You're saying he come back from double broke. He had two broken legs, and he come back and still carried on racing. Well, I think um, well those 
um, because he crushed his legs, didn't he? And I think that's yeah. affected his, his racing career, unfortunately. I think he he had a moment uh, in Monaco 84. Obviously, we're going to touch that more in depth with Senna. But I think he had an accident there. And I remember he he was uh, physically, he survived. And he ran down to the pits uh, to drive his Tyrrell car. And then uh, I think it was, is it John Tyrrell's name? Uh, I think John, so. Yeah, John Tyrrell. Mr. Tyrrell, or the legend of Tyrrell, um, asked if he's okay and says, yeah, uh, which circuit are we going? And uh, he goes, uh, Monica. Okay, uh, yeah. which way do we yeah. go out? Is it left or right? And then he just turned off the engine. So, yeah. But, but yeah, but, it, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame on, um, on Martin Brundle's racing career. But then again, he's established, established himself as a good uh, TV pundit. Probably, probably the best one going in Formula One. I don't think I won't come close to him. But anyway, we 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 get to the we 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 now get to the Formula One career. Event. So so in '83 he tested for um, a number of F1 teams: Williams, McLaren, Brabham, and Tolman, uh, just to name a few. He was offered uh, contracts as well. He was offered uh, offers for testing in '84 by uh, uh, Bernie Eccleston, of course, of Brabham, uh, Peter War of Lotus, and also Ron Dennis. Of course, uh, Sad's favourite person. Uh, <laughs> he's a lovely yeah, uh, person, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is. I mean, we had an argument the day, but we're not getting into it because we'll do a we'll do a Ron Day's podcast soon, and then we'll just let Sad bitch and whinge. Um, <laughs> but um, during his test for Williams, uh, which was at, at Donington, uh, Sir did forty laps. He was quicker than uh, arguably the wor- one of the worst world champions ever in Kiki Rosberg. Uh, but of course. Um, Neither Williams or McLaren had a vacancy, so uh, Senna went to go and race for Tolman, um, a little-known team, of course, and uh, he made his debut at the 1984 um, Brazilian Grand Prix. Um, can you guys tell me where he qualified? Uh, I didn't actually look that bit up, so... <laughs> uh, me too. So- I, thought, I thought the pensioner would have known, but... No. <laughs> uh, even even I was a bit young in uh, in those days. To yeah, you were in your early twenties, weren't you? <laughs> teens, teens. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, we 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 were. I was minus eleven. Um, he qualified. He qualified seventeenth, but he retired uh, when his turbo charger basically failed on the lap eight. But he did score his first world championship point uh, in South African Grand Prix. But he had really bad muscle spasms. And also, again, he replicated the, the result at, at Belgium. Um, so, yeah, he... Uh, um, so, San Marino, he failed to qualify due to fuel pressure and stuff like that. He wasn't really a good time uh, for Tom, as I said. Uh, but then we get to uh, Monaco, the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, yeah. Where he qualified 13th. Uh, he passed Nicky Lauda for second on lap 19, and he was being to cut the, 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 the gap to uh, Alan Prost. Uh, but the race was stopped on lap 31 for, um, I know you can't see my air quotation marks, but safety reasons. Well, the thing is, what, what Reese has neglected to mention, sorry to cut off, but it was absolutely hammering it down with rain in that race. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is what allowed Senna to really sort of stamp his mark because while everyone else was perhaps being a bit more careful not driving as fast Senna just didn't seem to care and he was 
driving full pelt, so he was, he was? catching he was catching um Prost at a rate of nuts, basically. And yeah, he would he would have probably passed him on the next lap because he was pretty close when they uh, they stopped the the race on lap thirty one. Yeah, because he overtook him on the finish line and he yeah. forty one. I mean, yeah, I mean um, he was catching him at uh, it was four seconds, four or five seconds a lap. And um, I think Prost basically saying, no, we have to stop, we have to stop. I think it was anyone but Alan Prost. I, I, I don't think they would have stopped it, but because it was Alan Prost. Probably not. In, the, in and, these days, they would, but in those days. Oh, um, they're, they're, they're absolute babies these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't watch it. I was going to say, I mean... He achieved all these, and what you said before, the Monaco Grand Prix and this Grand Prix, in, a, in the Tolman car that wasn't a very competitive car. It, you know, it wasn't expected to, to win races or, or, or do much. So it just shows you how, how quick and how good of a driver he was to, to get the, you know, so much out of that car. And just, to t- and, uh, sorry, just to touch on something that Carl said, but if he did that in a Williams or a McLaren, he probably wouldn't have batted an eyelid as much. Because he, he, as you mentioned, he did have the choice to go and drive for those teams. But he, no, he, he decided. Well, he, he no, had, see, he, no, see, no, 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 no. So what happened was he he tested for them, but because they didn't have any open vacancies for those teams, he went to race for. Uh, he went to race for Tolman in '84. They had no. They had no. Uh, no vacancies for him, so it wasn't like he turned them down. And my apologies, but if, but but my point still stands. But if he did that at Williams and McLaren, it wouldn't. It yeah, wouldn't, the impact wouldn't be the same. Yeah, no, no, he no, did. No. He did want to sort of cut his teeth and prove himself as well. He, he didn't just want to buy him because his fa- his family did have money. He didn't want to sort of buy his buy his seats. So to speak, or, or get straight into a top team. He wanted to he wanted to show, you know, really show what he could do. Yeah, I mean it, it, that was proven in the um, so basically his his first F one race engineer Pat Simmons, uh, legend in Formula One, um, basically spoke about how Senna would, how he was renowned for his career, how he would provide very specific details about his car, and he would like. And the track conditions, he'll, he'll like set it up for certain t- tracks. And it was proven at um, the US Grand Prix Dallas, uh, where he uh, he secured his and Tolman's uh, first podium finish. Um, and Pat Simmons uh, did an interview in 2014, and he, he spoke about it, said, like, uh, just to break it down, he said the car was reasonably competitive in, in Dallas. So he's had a good race for it. And he's, of course, he spun early in the race. He found his way back to the field. In effective way, and he looked good. But then he hit the wall again. He hit the wall, damaged the rear wheel and a drive shaft. But it's a shame and stuff like that. But uh, and he come back and he did, you know, quite a lot. He, like I said, got the got the, the podium uh, again. He took two more podiums. He got third at the British and Portuguese Grand Prix, and he finished ninth in a drivers' championship in his first season. Um, but he did not. There was one one part of it. He did one part of the season. Uh, he didn't didn't take part in the Italian Grand Prix. Um, because he was suspended by Tolman. Uh, uh, so, do you know why he was uh, suspended by Tolman? No, I never saw that in any of my research. Actually, I never came across that. Um, um, no, uh, basically, he got suspended for being a breach of his contract by signing for Lotus. 
without informing Tolman. And also, Senna was the first driver that Lotus had signed that wasn't chosen personally by Colin Chapman, who of course died in 1982. So that was a that, that's the thing about Ed Senna. He was the first Lotus driver signed after Colin Chapman died. Imagine that Ayrton Senna under Colin Chapman. That would be an interesting thing. Basically, I think it would have been like a bit like how Jim Clark was under Colin Chapman. I think it would have just been dominant. Yeah. Just imagining something that could happen. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's, that's, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, that, so of course, uh, that Lotus is one of my favourite cars as well. That that sort of black and gold livery is. Um, yeah. It's always stood. It's always stood out. I think I had the little Corgi car versions of it as well when I was. Uh, would have been about eight or nine, something like that. Maybe a bit younger I than that. Re- I had remote control cars. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so we know. That's a good one, Rick. Uh, right, Ed. So um, he was partnered at Lotus Renault, uh, of course, in '85. He joined them. Um, do you know who his teammate was? No, go on, tell us. Elio De Angelis. Never heard of him. No, well, mate. Probably why I've forgotten it. I did read. <laughs> well, I did read it when I was doing my research, but it just. Yeah. Well, he did. He, uh, he was tragically killed in an accident while testing the Brabham. Um, Brabham met Paul Ricard, so he, that was in '86. So um, that's why he was only 28 at the time. So that, 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 yeah. was, a, that was a big shame. But yeah. uh, at the second round of the season, um, which was in Portugal, uh, Estoril. Uh, and so I took the first of many, many, many positions in his F1 career. Um, just, just, I'm just going to like touch on uh, like uh, future. I mean, not in the future, but you know, past '85. And so was probably the king of finding that that last that 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 time that was needed in a quali lap, wasn't it? I, I can't think of anyone that could come close to him. Yeah, he was. He was just so um, so fast, basically. Um, as you say, he knew how to set up the car. He was, he was the king of like, as I was saying on the doc, so the documentary of the, you know, the the one, you know, the one fast lap, so quick. Yeah, it was. I mean, and also uh, he converted this into his first victory as well. Uh, it was very again, again another thing. Looking forward, he won it in very wet conditions. The net and Senna was probably the best one, the probably the the best wet weather driver. Um, arguably, I know I, I know this is going to get a, a scoff from a, a sad, but arguably Jensen Button's probably up there with him as well. I think Jensen Button and Ernst are probably the two best wet weather drivers. Michael Schumacher was actually yeah, I was going to say really Schumacher. good in that. I would yeah. I would swap Button with Schumacher. I mean, I, I, that's what I, I'd, I, put, I, I I'd put, put Button in the top five definitely, but uh, Schumacher was was really dominant in the rain. You just have to look but, at Spain 96 just to show what how Schumacher was that good in the rain. Mm. I, I think that's the thing. I, I, I never watched Michael Schumacher's dominance. I mean, I, I never used to fascinate me Formula 1 when I was like, you know, in my, in my my early years. It never did. Like, I only started watching Formula 1 when I was probably about, about 15, really. So like, only nine years. And my... My legacy of Michael Schumacher is that run with Mercedes, which was just dog shit. Um, well, dog. Well, yeah, it was dog it shit. Was. In term, well, yeah, well, it was dog shit uh, when he was driving, but 
people people forget that he in behind the scenes he was building that Mercedes car and it turned out. Oh yeah. I think yeah. that that's, and, that, that's and he'd what come back from retire he'd come back from retirement and he was he was getting on a bit. Don't forget. But then, see, this me and you spoke about Kimi Räikkönen. I know, I know, Kimi Räikkönen hasn't. Well, Kimi Räikkönen did have a bit of a gap between uh, Formula One and coming back to Formula One again, but not not as extensive as Michael Schumacher. But the fact that Kimi Räikkönen is still able to compete at the age of forty, I think. I think the um, different. I think the difference for Schumacher when he left in two thousand six and came back in twenty ten, the rule changes. So completely different because he wasn't used to driving stick tires since '97. Obviously, um, well, DRS was in, introduced in that season, was it? If I'm not mistaken, I think DRS were um, carry on talking. I'll find the DRS. Was. I think DRS was introduced in twenty. If it wasn't twenty ten, it would have been the following year. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's quite a recent thing, really. DRS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DR. Sorry, DRS was. Brought in uh, 2011. Oh, so it was a following year, uh, but there was completely different rule changes. You know, reef ruling was stopped, so that obviously affected race strategy. Uh, race strategy. It was just so many, so many factors. But it still continued. We, yeah, but, but don't yeah. forget, I, I forget what year it was. Um, but his la- I think it is either his last or one of his last Monaco. Grand Prix, he actually got pole Wait. position. He got put back yeah. on the grid because of, uh, sort of uh, I forget now why, but yeah, he I, got... think, I think he took, he took off Grosjean at the Spanish Grand Prix, but, <laughs> but he did actually get but... pole on merit of being the, fast, the fastest. But we can do a whole other podcast on Michael Schumacher. Let's get back to Mount and Senna. So basically, so the, the, the Portuguese Grand Prix, he was, he overtook, he lapped everybody up to second place and but he didn't finish um in the points again until um coming second of the austrian grand prix he did take three pole positions in between that period and he he was really determined to get that monaco grand prix, uh, the monaco grand prix pole um but he was accused of deliberately bulking the other drivers by running more laps than necessary so he basically just showing how Tenacious he was, trying to get it, trying to uh, get pole position, and he got two more podiums in this year. It followed uh, they got him in the, the Dutch Grand Prix, and of course the Italian Grand Prix. But then he did win another Grand Prix that year, uh, again in wet at uh, Spa. And um, this was and just there's an interesting thing about this as well during the season. And Senna had a uh, a bad relationship relationship with his teammate Sauer. Can you imagine that and Senna having a bad relationship with his teammate? No. <laughs> no, neither can I. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> of course, De Angelis left for Brabham at the end of the year, and but they're both the fourth or fifth in the um, driver rankings that year. Uh, but in terms of qualifying, Senna had arguably begun to establish himself as the quickest in the field. He got seven pole positions that year, which was more than any other driver. But we get to 1986. Um, he was partnered by Johnny Dumfries of Scotland. After apparently Senna vetoed Derek Warwick joining the team, so basically Senna was now number one, undisputed number one. He was basically the 
basically Michael Schumacher at yeah. Ferrari in the early 2000s. Um, but he did try and push for um, a fellow Brazilian of his to join the team, but uh, the sponsors said no, they wanted a British driver. So, yeah, because uh, this is back in the day when they were sponsored by uh, cigarette companies and what have you. Oh, what I, I, I just want to touch on that. I've not touched on that yet. Cigarettes are really bad, but they make fantastic liveries, don't they? <laughs> they <laughs> they are do, great yeah. brand. I mean, that's what I was something noticed looking in design. Dodge branding is so iconic. I, it I makes me want to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was the, that was the idea. <laughs> I think my, my favourite one, my favourite one is going to be the camel. I love the Lotus camel. Man, that, was, that was lovely. The yellow and the blue. I think... Um, Jordan in nineties, Jordan in the late nineties, early two thousand with bends in the edges. Oh, the yellow. Oh, it was actually gold uh, to begin with in ninety six, I think. But you don't think Jordan's had great liveries though? Seven Up was one. That, I love the Seven Up car. Well, when that wanna... was when... Yeah. I say we, talk, we, we keep talking about Michael Schumacher. <laughs> move on from Michael Schumacher. You mentioned but, his uh, name. I, I, you can't. I, you can't, I, you can't uh, not. You can't not talk about him though. Really, I know it's annoying. To be fair, it's almost you should I, do a podcast about him. We are, you know what, guys? Next week, Michael Schumacher. But Senna started the season at Wales. This is nineteen eighty-five. He comes second behind uh, Nelson Piquet in the Williams, uh, the dominant Williams uh, car, and he, um, and also he, and also uh, he, sorry, won, he won the Spanish Grand Prix from point. He was point. 0.014 seconds ahead of uh, Nigel Mansell when he won that race. And he was leading the World Championship for two races. But, of course, poor reliability in the second half of the season saw him, of course, fall behind uh, the Williams. And, of course, um, Alan Prost who won the title. But, again, he had eight propositions and six podiums in this, in this season. And uh, he, after winning the Detroit Grand Prix, um, he asked for a Brazilian flag. And therefore, he repeated the ritual every time he won a race. Yeah, and this, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, this made him an absolute icon in Brazil. I mean, an absolute icon. Yeah, he was an absolute legend. I think he was better than God in Brazil. I mean, I, I mean, when he died, I think didn't they, I think they declared three days of mourning for him? Yes, they did. You can see in the documentary all the how many yeah. people were actually lying in the, the streets for his funeral possession. I mean, there's oh. hundreds of thousands. Well, I, we'll, we'll get on that because again, mm. I, want, I want to talk a bit, a bit about that because I mean, when when I saw that, I ain't gonna lie, I did choke up when I watched that. But um, we get to 1987 and um, Lotus has signed a new engine deal. Um, do you know what engines they run? They ran in 1987. No, it wasn't Yamaha. Honda. Well done. So they switched to Honda B6s that Williams had used one the one the, the previous year's constructors. And then he came, he had a new teammate. Another one. Satoru Nakajima from Japan. Um, yeah. so, so again, someone I've I've not I I don't really rem, don't really remember no. until I started looking looking back. Yeah. I, I had no idea who he was, but he, apparently, apparently, guaranteed Senna had preferential treatment of Nakajima in like what equipment he could have. And again, the season started with mixed fortunes. He got a podium at San Marino, 
but then it was their controversy at Spa where he collided with Mansell. And then uh, Mansell grabbed Senna by the throat and had to be restrained by Lotus Mechanics. You must be enraged to grab it and Senna by the throat. I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Maybe Eddie, Eddie Irvine would have done in 93 in Japan. Yeah, but Eddie Irvine's, Eddie Irvine's Irish and drunk. So, um, yeah, so just, yeah, exactly. You don't want to be grabbed just, by fucking Eddie Irvine, who was yeah, Irish and drunk. I thought, I thought um, Verstappen got close. The other year, didn't Ocon. they? Was it? Was okay, it? Against yeah, because yeah. he had that race <laughs> won, and Ocon. I don't know what Ocon's doing, to be honest. Well, I mean, you are entitled to unlap yourself, but not going to fucking turn one. So go to the essence of uh, Interlagos. Just, just try it on the straight. Don't be a dick. But um, so, but back to the season. Uh, Senna then won two races in a row. Again, leading the world championship. Um, and then he he finally won the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, do you guys know how many Monaco Grand Prix he won? Six. Well yeah, I was going to say six. Yeah. And then and then he won the Detroit Grand Prix again, so his second victory at Michigan, and the first ever for an active suspension Formula One car. I I didn't know that. No, I didn't actually. You just said it. <laughs> I know. But then, um, of does course... He still, does he still hold the record for most wins at Monaco, or has that been superseded now? I know that was no, one he, he held for a very long time. He still, ha- he still has the record. Is he tied with Hamilton? No, no, he still... Uh, he still I mean, no, Hamilton's only won four. Is he won four? Probably might have won more, actually. Um, carry on. Uh, you talk, talk, talk about yourself, mate. I'll, I'll have a look about that. Um... Uh, there's something that uh, I forgot to mention. Two things, actually. Estoril, uh, 85, he actually declared the conditions much worse than Monaco in 84, which probably just shows how good of a victory that was. And also, one more thing I'd like to mention is, obviously, he was a great you know, man in terms of qualifying. But one of the reasons is, well, I want to say it's one of the reasons, but a standout feature was his design of his helmet. When you saw that yellow helmet, you knew it was Senna, and you didn't want to spoil probably in the moment that everybody was enjoying for that Grand Prix. Um, just oh, I didn't realise that on um, his uh, helmet. No, no. I, I well, just, he got, he got well, the, well, I think the helmet was so that his parents can see uh, where he was when he was well, go-kite. Yeah. I know that it was making him like, more identifiable, but going back to Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton's only won three. Uh, uh um, but yeah, uh, it was obvious that the, go back to the Lotus cars. It was obvious that the Williams then decided to have like an advantage over the teams, and um, Senna was becoming to get dissatisfied with, with Lotus. And it was announced that at Monza he will be joining uh, McLaren for nineteen eighty eight. Um, a just fantastic uh, move in, in all honesty. But we'll carry on with that. And also, it marked uh, a turning point in his career like this as well, because uh, he built a, a deep relationship with Honda. And yeah, and this is what helped facilitate the move, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, it's how McLaren got Williams to buy Honda engines for, for 98. Um, yeah, so we got to 88, where he had, uh, so we know he had a number one. Uh, so basically, with the approval of Alan Prost, uh, Senna joined the McLaren team but 
um, the foundation for the competition between them was was laid, and it was for over the, la- the next five years. My God, it, this is the greatest rival, one of the greatest rivals in sport, and the best one in F one. Nothing comes close. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot different. Uh, you know, they did a film with um, Larder and Hunt, but those two are actually quite quite friendly, in all honesty, despite their rivalry on the track. But Senna and Prost, especially Prost, just did not like each other. Actually, no. funny enough, you mentioned that uh, before the Senna movie, the documentary, there was uh, Celeste Stallone was actually planning to do a movie on Senna while he was still alive. Did you guys know about that? No, actually, I didn't. No, I did not. I might have heard about it at the time, but yeah, I certainly don't remember it. Yeah, because um, he because yeah, did make a movie on Formula One, or I think it was karting in two thousand one, in the end, yeah. which was dog shit. Um, but going back to Prost and Senna, uh, they had, but even though they had like a deep, deep dislike of each other, they they realised that they needed to work together as well. Um, to keep ahead of, of like Ferrari, Williams, Benetton, and, and so on and so forth. But um, one notable incident of the of nineteen eighty eight was at the Monaco Grand Prix, where Senna had qualified Prost by one point four seconds, which is just unheard of in, in it's Formula crazy. One. And yeah. he led from us a race before crashing on lap sixty seven. But um, a, a funny one of the funny things I was reading and making the notes about Senna was instead of going to the pit lane, he went to his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't contact the team until he walked into the pit garage and was packing up that night. The balls of that man! <laughs> Fucking up. Um, but, but apparently, the television cameras hadn't captured the cr- the crash, so Ron Dennis didn't know what caused his DNF. <laughs> but <laughs> so basically, um, Prost, uh, Prost told him that basically he penis so Senna had hit the inside barrier at Patois, which pitched him into uh, the guardrail. Um, well, again, that's an iconic um, shot as well, seeing the, uh, the underside of the F1 car. And was it there? I'm pretty sure he was saying there was a, a plank of wood going through the middle of it on the floor. Yeah. Uh, it baffles me the fact is that they're, they're the most high tech machines going in this <laughs> and there's a plank of wood on the bottom. <laughs> Who um, cares about DRS? We got a plank of wood underneath the car. <laughs> Actually, I'm right in saying, did, well, at, at the peak, these had what 1200 horsepower and they were manual. V12, don't forget, they were V12 engines as well. Oh my god. God, oh, you've got. To, oh, I'll be, I'll be, shit scared. But um, when so, you, uh, when you look at those cars um, from back in those days as well, I mean, you, you can tell just by looking at them, they're absolute death traps, can't you? Oh, they are. They are. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Everyone says, "Oh, the F1 cars today are much faster." They are much faster, but they're a lot more safer. Those ones, you were driving effectively one-handed, changing gear, and there was no power steering. There was no 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 driver aids. You were on your own, and it just mm. showed that these men, these men had balls. And, oh, and those cars, I, I, if if they crashed, they'd just smash to smithereens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at, I, mean I, I know I know we had a tragic loss at, at Spa and rest in peace. Uh, Phil, um, I can't think of his name, and I feel really bad not 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 knowing his name. I think it's Antonio Hubert, I want to say, but I, yeah. I, Sounds um, right. I'm not shocked. 
yeah, it's shocking to see that. But I mean, uh, one of the one of the ones I saw the harrowing one was last year the uh, Italian Grand Prix. Marcus Ericsson's that, that crash, he, he flicked in the air, he lost everything, and he just goes, "Yeah, I'm all right." I don't know, your heart's in your mouth when. when that's that what it is. Just yeah, and it is. I mean, and also like you had um, Robert Kubica at Canada. I know we go back a few years doing that one, but that was a monster crash, right? And he, he was actually fine, and he he just shows how. I, I know it's, I know it's quite like a Harry can say, I know it's like you know further on in, in this pod, but how Senna dying changed the safety of Formula One. Without, without, yeah, that's Sid Watkins pioneered the safety aspect of Formula One. Jack, Jackie Stewart started it in the sixties as well, trying to get like you know the barriers around because we've seen all the F one drivers die, but. It yeah, Lauder did quite a yeah. bit as well for safety. Yeah, yeah, but we'll, we'll, as well. We'll, we'll 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 get into that. But, but the we'll, we'll get to that later. But the, at the Portuguese Grand Prix, uh, Prost was faster than Senna, but Senna with the was dived into the first corner. I, I can't remember him doing that after that. But um, so Prost responded, went to pass him at the end of the first lap, but Senna swerved to block Prost, and Prost nearly hit the wall at 108 miles an hour. And but to watch that and then they to Pross kept keeping his foot down and go past Senna into the first corner, Jesus Christ. That your heart your heart is in your mouth the whole part of that. But I mean this is this is proper racing than what I was saying to you before we started recording. We've seen a bit more of it this season, but um when we got on to Michael Schumacher, that was kind of the start of one guy dominating and no one else yeah. been even been able to get close and you know these two I mean, there wasn't much between them I mean I think Senna only won one race more and you know they were you know they were fighting tooth and nail for first in you know more than one race it wasn't just Senna or Prost going out and being 10 seconds uh, ahead of the nearest competitor. I mean, it was proper racing yeah. back then. Yeah, definitely. If you look at it, though, just go about how dominant they were. These, The pair of them won 15 out of the 16 races in 88. Yeah, that's what I mean. With a full centre winning the title. But if you look at it, Prost did score more points in the season, but he dropped, but he had to drop three second, three second places as only the 11 best scores counted in that in that era. So even though Prost outscored him, Senna still won the title. Yeah, and there's something there's something more interesting about that is that it was Prost's recommendation to get Sin in that McLaren. Yeah, I think it, because I think um, they want. I'm not I'm not sure I'm right about this, but they wanted Nelson Piquet. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the driver that uh, they initially wanted or Honda wanted, but they wanted someone someone else. But Prost recommended Senna because he was much younger and and a higher talent. I imagine. Um, I'm I'm just looking. I'm just trying to find it, but I I can't see any mention of PK or anything like. But yeah, I, I think um, he was mentioned. Yeah. He mentioned it to Steve Ryder. Um, Steve okay. did an interview. Um, I think it was after the documentary. So if you probably um, find out who it is. But um, but but the, but the biggest incident this year happened at Monza. So two laps raining. Senna had a he had a big lead over uh, Berger and. The, basically the Ferraris. Um, it was closing in on 
Prost basically, so Prost had a, a, basically had to retire with a misfiring engine, but he's going into the chicane, he closed in on uh, a Williams, and of course it steered wide, and Senna went to lap him, but then lost control and avoided, he had to go to the sand trap, and then the two of them collided, and Ferrari of course went on to win the race first and second, and that was the first, um, it, it was the first victory in the Italian Grand Prix since Enzo Ferrari died. In, that, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, and it, it was it was the only race that year that McLaren did not win. So, so is just, just 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 listen to some of the records this season. So he he won eight races. So it beat the record held by Clark and Prost, and he also had thirteen pole positions. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he's still he's still. Third on the all-time pole positions nowadays, and he's you know he's been gone for twenty-five years pretty much. Schumacher's got three more. Lewis Hamilton's uh, well ahead nowadays, but yeah. um, Lewis Hamilton's got to be Lewis Hamilton's close to breaking Schumacher's record as well for most wins. Yeah, he's ten behind <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, it's also God. but it's also McLaren. It's also. Um, it's the highest percentage of a team winning uh, race as well. Obviously, obviously, you won, and I think that will last forever because the amount of races that modern Formula Formula One seasons have now with twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Surely, Mercedes have come close. Well, I, well, I think Ferrari are the closest. I think actually. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to think though, because like. I mean Mercedes. That that I think that one year I think it was Rosberg versus Hamilton. What Rosberg Hamilton and Rosberg the title. I'm pretty sure they. I think they won all, but I think they won all of them. They won all of them, didn't they? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'll, I'll look that up after and I'll let you guys know. But, Wasn't there um, a couple of their races where they took each other out though? That yeah, was, that, that was the boss. That, that, that was Barcelona. So that was when um, I think Verstappen won his first race since going to Red Bull. Or no, no, it wasn't. It was, I think. I think I know Red Bull won. I yeah, I think, I think it was Verstappen. I think it was Verstappen. I think. No, because no, did, did Verstappen go in twenty seventeen? But anyway, we, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll carry on. But we'll get to so we get to nineteen eighty nine. Uh, Senna goes in as the uh, the reigning champion, um, but then the, the the rivalry for some reason this year gets more intense. Uh, it, there's battles on the track and also psychological warfare going off in it. Um, we got some the French Grand Prix press conference. Basically, there was they found consistent differences between the Honda engines from Prost and Senna, and it was lower for Prost. Um, and also tensions between the drivers increased again at San Marino, where Senna overtook Prost at the restart. Uh, apparently, they had a pre-race agreement uh, that. Um, that they wouldn't do this. Senna denied it, but the story was backed up by a... Mer- a- <laughs> the- <laughs> God's sake. It was backed up by a man of Marlborough. God, Ayrton Senna was a bullshit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but again, he took he took early lead in the championship with victories in San Marino, Monaco and Mexico. And he also achieved the feat of leading every lap of those races, which was not equaled until 2012. So that by Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, and that's that is brilliant. that is that is just unbelievable. And he didn't win that championship as well. 
No, because we he also managed to win Germany, Belgium, and Spain, but then he had unreliability in a few races and collisions. It's on the tight of cost favour. But we get to we, we get to nineteen eighty nine. Um Suzuka, which was the last but one race of the season. Yeah. Um Carl, I'm gonna let uh so what what was your feeling on this? My feeling on this is it's um well, I think Prost sort of crashed into Senna basically. I know Certain, I know they the authorities saw it the other way, but um, yeah, what a Frenchman um, sticking up for a Frenchman, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they collided. Senna was actually able to keep going, um, yes, he had to win mm. to keep the race alive, and he, I think, because it was quite late on, they had the little the crash, and he, he didn't have many laps to, to get back in, back in front, but um. That apparently, because he went through a runoff area after missing a chicane to rejoin the race, they uh, they de- disqualified him from the whole race. Therefore, he didn't score any points, and this gave um, Prost the championship. Well, didn't they disqualify him for cutting a corner? Wasn't it? Well, that's what, what I mean. Yeah, did. he missed yeah. he missed the corner, and he went yeah. he went off into the runoff. Enjoyed the race, that. which you weren't allowed yeah. to do in them. Yeah, in them he got... days. You're expected to turn round, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, he got yeah disqualified for stationary for two minutes on the same corner. And you know what? I'm going to cut this corner, despite being stationary for two minutes. But did, did you about, but, um? Do you know Senate? You know that Pross had removed uh, the gurney flap on his car, which made his car uh, it had more reduction of downforce. So his car fast on the straights, but slow to the corners. So basically, Suzuka's a really hard track to, to pass on anyway. So Senna, had, so Prosser set his car up, and it, and Senna was unaware of it. Um, but then, of course, we got into um, the fine and the suspension of his super license. Yeah, I was going to say to make to rub salt into the wound, they actually find him a uh, hundred grand. I mean. I mean, this is back in 1989. I mean, that was a massive amount of money back in oh, the 90s. Yeah. I mean, it is now, but even I more mean, so in 89. Can you imagine Kevin Owens being fined 100 grand in those days? Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, God. He could, he's he he's taking it bad enough now. Oh, I, 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 why are we talking about Kevin Owens? Oh, Think I'm about sorry. the children. <laughs> Fuck the children. He doesn't think about um, him that much when he's when he's cheating on his wife, but we'll uh, we'll gloss over uh, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, I was engaged. So basically, he publicly criticised um, FIA and Jean Marie Balestre, who he blamed for his disqualification. Uh, Senna claimed that Balestre forced the race stewards to disqualify him. So fellow Frenchman Prosk with the championship. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> but the stewards um, denied that Bless forced the decision, but claimed that he wasn't pre- present when the decision was made. But anyway, Senna finished second, um, and Prost left McLaren for Ferrari for the following year. Do you think Prost needed to leave for his sanity? Or yes. Do you, yes. Yeah. Or, no, no, no. Or, uh, this, this is a follow-up question. Or do you think he knew he was beaten at McLaren? 
I think what he, I think one of the reasons why Cross left because after that incident, Ron Dennis sided with Senna more, and I think there was uh, in that film in the Senna documentary film, yeah, in the movies he there was a shot a clip of um, I can't remember what circuit or who driver, but they cut a corner rejoining the track and he wasn't penalised for it. And he's and he and he one of his words was where's the consistency? Yeah. It was in a bit oh. of a. It was. But Ron Dennis there was caught between a rock and a hard place because, I mean, in one sense, it didn't matter who won because it was still someone from his team. But I don't um, think I don't he think to, he would have. He would have wanted those two drivers just for the mental torture. Mm. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm, it's a bit like um, Total Wolf having Rosberg and Hamilton in the same team. The fact is, you had the most dominant car. With two drivers that were, they, they were fighting for every race win. And the fact is that they had to accommodate both of them. It didn't work. I think Rosberg, I, I know this is going off, but I think Rosberg retired when he won the title because he knew he would not beat Hamilton again. And I think that's probably, go back to the next one, probably Prost left McLaren. The fact is, Prost knew that he wouldn't beat Senna in the McLaren. Possibly, and I think maybe yeah. I think tensions were that high between the, the two of them. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it probably just became impossible to work together. Um, poor management as well didn't help as well. I'm I'm just trying to think. I I, I remember I watched this thing on, on Sky uh, F1. I, there was um, the engineer at McLaren, the, the, the engineer at McLaren at the time. I'm trying to think what his name is. He's um, Italian, isn't he? No, I don't think he's Italian. Oh, God, what's his name? Is he bald? Because I think I know who you're on about. Is it Summit Gomez? Oh, God. Um, Well, well, uh, uh, if you want to look into that, Sam, I'll carry on with this. um, So we get to 1990, and um, Senna took a commanding lead in the championship. He he won six races. Uh, first twice a second place and also third three times. Uh, but Prost got to Ferrari. He had a teammate in Gerhard Berger. And I think Gerhard Berger got probably the best years out of Everton Senna in terms of he- camaraderie and um, the fact that they, they were friends. And I think it's what Senna... He- yeah, I'd say, I'd say had he- those years with... Um, with Pross, he needed that. He brought a different side to him, as you said, I think, because I think there was a BBC documentary in 95 talking about, uh, Berger, you know, Gerhard was talking about, oh, how do you get in a driver's psyche? And you always find that weak point. And he, he, he found out that he was quick in the dry, he was quick in the wet, he was quick in street circuits as well as normal circuits. He, he lists all the things and he couldn't find a weak point. And I think yeah. um, he just declared, you know what, I'm just going to have banter with him. Yeah, it's, and that's what it is. It's one of those that um, I, I, re- I really remember as well, um, Gerhard Berger. He, he, was a, he was a decent driver, to be fair. I think there's, yeah, there's, 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 there's a clip that um, uh, Nelson Piquet said uh, 
I think Gerhard Berg was good because he had a long career and that's subtle. <laughs> I mean, you're lucky, though. We got to think, though, he did race for Ferrari as well. He raced for McLaren. Did he race for Williams as well? Mm, I don't think so. I know he raced for Benetton in 96 and 97. And also, yeah. he, he did suffer. He also suffered a broken neck as well, didn't he? Yeah, and also, he also suffered, I think, a secondary burns as well. Uh, funny enough, I think. But we'll get, we'll get onto that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just I'm just trying to find who this um, this bloke was uh, that was on the the show, and I I, I can't find him at all. Did Did he um, have no hair? Because I think I know who you're on about. Uh, yeah, he didn't. I didn't have any hair, but uh, he was on. He did. He did the pros one. He did the center one as well that they did. Um, Oh, I'm I'm really trying to find him because I think he is Italian, but I don't know what his name is. No, I can't help Same you. For... I've on that one. <laughs> I can picture him like in my head, like the um... with a tad. Yeah, yeah, and he's... yeah, and how we spoke about um, basically um, the the discord between. The, the two garages in the site in McLaren. The fact it was like one side was Senna, one side was Prost, and there was no middle ground. So you basically you went you went to McLaren and you chose your team, you chose your side, and you could not come from that side because either guy wouldn't trust you. Crazy, isn't it? It is. I mean, you are thinking it's the same team as well. That's the thing. So. Oh, I, I do, I do like it. So, um, but I'll find his name, and if I can, if I can get it to you, I'll get it to you. But we get so we carry in nineteen ninety. Um, so he diced with Jean Lacy at that time. He was an unknown, but he won that. And in Germany, he fought off a British driver in Nanini, and he won that as well. But then, of course, it's reached its final quarter. Prost rose a challenge with five wins, and he took Spain, where him and he won the victory in Spain, where they finished one-two, and Prost reduced to nine points with two races remaining. And then we get to Suzuka of all places again. Prost, yeah. more, con- more Prost. controversy. No, no, no. Can you imagine Prost and Senna controversial? No. So basically, <laughs> Senna, Senna was on pole, but Senna complained because he was on the dirty side of the track, and he oh, was yeah. he was unfair. So basically, they they, they put pole the on the wrong side back. of the they put pole on the wrong yeah. side of the track, basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, who would who would do that? Oh, Balestra would do it again. So Balestra <laughs> denied Senna's request. So Senna was on the dirty side, and uh, oh god, then we get to <laughs> then we get to it. So we uh, we we get to the first corner, and. Prost is getting ahead of Senna and Prost turns in, Senna kept his foot down and they collided at 170 miles an hour and they spun out of the race. Now, I've watched this and said, of course, Senna was world champion. I've watched the highlights of this and <laughs> my God. Oh. This is going to be the poorest way to win a world title. In, in genius, it's, it's a genius way of doing it. 
Fuck it out. It's a tactic Michael Schumacher would go on to replicate. Aye, aye, aye. Sure it. Sure it. Didn't Diamond Hill do this as well? But we'll, we'll digress. That, no, that's it, was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was done. It, it, no, Diamond Hill didn't do it. It was Michael Schumacher who did it. It was Diamond Hill. Well. Shut up. Um, <laughs> um, can, can, and then can we get to my favourite quote of all time? So, as said, when it's got questioned, said being a racing driver means you are you are racing with other people, and if you not longer go for a gap that exists, you are no longer a racing driver. I love the fact he tried to. Yeah. <laughs> he to, to, to Jackie Stewart of all people, three-time world champion and a person who in a way it's. I know. I, I love the fact that he tried to. He tried to like explain or try to reason why he did to say what he did, why he did. I can't, I can't believe it. But this what got me though is you know I, I can't believe that he wasn't disqualified from this season, like the world championship. The fact he got disqualified from the season before for driving down the pit, but down the uh, escape road, and in this one he takes out Alan Prost deliberately. <laughs> we we laugh we laugh about it now. We laugh about it yeah. now, but what he, what he did was stupid, utterly, was utterly stupid. And there was a similar incident, I think, a year later, where someone tried that and they died instantly. Yeah, I it mean, was okay. it was absolutely stupid. And just to point out of who that person was, that we were trying to find out, it was uh, Joe Ramirez. Yes, 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 yes. I, 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 if you haven't watched it, I thoroughly recommend you to go and watch that um, that little mini documentary thing. It's a fantastic thing to watch. I watch it about three or four times. It's really interesting. Um, but going back to what Senna said, Senna said this state that no matter what happened, he would not yield the corner to Prost, and he was taking the normal racing line. And then it was. I think it's probably the most controversial thing in Formula One of all time. I, I can't. I can't think of anything more controversial. Um, there's someone up there, definitely. US 2005, Spring yes. Summer Oh, yes, yes, sorry, yeah, the um, Michelin and the Bridgestone debate. Yes. And, and, to it, and also Renault as well, Nelson Piquet Jr. crashing and Alonso. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was dodgy as... And, yeah. and also McLaren getting fined $100 million for Spygate. <laughs> that was an interesting thing as well, um, and, and also Braun having a double diffuser, and then the, and then the F duct. Just fucking ignore me. There's been lots, but um... <laughs> just 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 to touch, just to close off this uh, this '98 Suzuka incident. There's one thing. <laughs> there's one thing that makes me laugh. It was included in the film as well. American reporter goes, "Oh, what do you think about uh, what happened?" Instead of just going, oh, Prost, it was stupid what he did. I was on the wrong side, everything like that. And then the American portal goes, oh, how do you feel about being world champion? It's not a bad feeling, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, of course, in 91, Senna became the youngest ever three-time world champion. He took seven wins and increasing his position record to 60 from 127 events. Fucking hell. So, look at one in three. He, well, not one in three. One in two point something he was put, he was on pole position for. Yeah, crazy. Um, Prost Ferrari had a downturn this season. So Prost is no longer a competitor. Um, but Senna was um, Senna wasn't happy with the competitiveness of his V12 in the Honda, 
and there was no, they were not as powerful as the prior V10s. But he still won the first four races. So, you know, he says a bit like a, a whiny Lewis Hamilton by moaning. But, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean He's to Brazilian, that. though. That's how he gets away with um, it. But before the Mexican Grand Prix, Senna was injured um, in a jet skiing accident. So he had to have stitches at the back of his head. And he, uh, he attempted to take, uh, just during the qualifying for this Grand Prix, he tried to take the banked 180-degree corner faster than normal, and he spun off the track and he rolled over the car and, of course, crashed. Uh, the British Grand Prix, he came to a halt in the final lap, but he was up. So this was probably, one, again, one of the most um, iconic moments in Formula 1 where Mansell um, pulled over and allowed the Brazilian to sit on the, the side pod. Do you know that's banned now? Is it? Uh, yeah, because uh, you remember when uh, Weber did it? He sat on the side part of Alonso's car. I think it was at Singapore. I think oh, it might be. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, the FIA fined Weber and Alonso a lot of money. And I think they banned it. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, quite dangerous. Ah, fuck it. Yeah, so um, <laughs> So basically, but then during the Spanish Grand Prix, uh, Senna and Mansell went wheel to wheel. And then this was, again, this is a great one with the sparks flying and the cars just looking all really unstable. And um, they went wheel to wheel. It was going at 200 miles an hour down the main straight. Of course, uh, Mansell did win that race. But again, that's another iconic image of the fact that Mansell and Senna side by side, the cars like, they look, they look basically look at, for me a bit like MotoGP, like bikes you know how they're unstable and go down the straight and they're constantly yeah. moving. It's look a bit like that, but even though Senna was consistent, the car's competitiveness um, and the Williams' reliability gave did give him an early advantage in the lead. And of course, again, he won the he won the title. <coughs> but in uh, 1992, uh, Senna was planning to move to uh, Williams. We also just want to talk about. Um... His feet at the Brazilian Grand Prix in '91 as well. Before we move on to '92, yeah, oh yeah, 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 carry on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you know it's his home race. He'd never won um, in Brazil before, and so far into the race, uh, the car got stuck into sixth gear. So uh, for seven laps, he had to negotiate um, the track. Stuck in sixth gear, which that sort of thing is just just unheard of. And um, basically, when he finished the race, they had to prize him from the car because oh, oh, his I'm... joints were so stiff and he had spasms. And because you know, I it, that was I've got it here as ninety one. It was ninety one. No, so that's why I didn't mention it. I thought it was ninety two, but yeah, I can. I, was it? Wasn't this one where Fangio presented him with the, with the trophy? That was ninety three. That was okay. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry. But yeah, um, yeah, he had muscle spasms for a for a while as well, and it, yeah, it really took his toll physically. I mean, that's how desperate he was to win his his home race. Anyone else would have probably retired. And also something to touch, anymore, yeah. Yeah, it, just to touch something on the, the Catalonia um, I think as well real to real stuff Senna actually because um, Mansell always says that oh Senna is you know a dangerous driver but Senna actually calls Mansell a dangerous driver 
for that <laughs> for that thing. <laughs> and you know how Stenner will always, you know, always put you in that position to have a crash. Yeah. Stenner never did that again to Mansell. But to be fair, to I don't think I don't think Mansell would have won a title if he wasn't in that Williams because that Williams was uh, was just light years ahead of. Uh, well, any other car? Yeah, that's something recently yeah. you can introduce now, aren't you? Yeah, so basically, I'd say I'm actually saying so. Senna was planned to move to, to across that that Williams Super '92, but um, the COO of Honda at the time um, personally requested that he remain at McLaren, and so did it out of loyalty. But um, a, 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 an interesting thing as well was there was a, um, a gala dinner in Paris, and um, and Senna gave. He uh, gave one of his helmets to Jean Balest. Um, so, so he was at a garden, didn't it? It, it, because of the sincere atmosphere that presented itself, the fact that Senna just gave it him, the fact that if there was at a garden, he couldn't be a dick about it and refuse it. <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that, 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 that's what I'm getting from it. <laughs> but, <laughs> so we get, so we, get, we get to 92. Um, and as Cole mentioned, the all-conquering Williams car. Uh, it was. Uh, do you know who designed that car? Adrian Newey. He did. And Adrian Newey, uh, of course, uh, we know he's um, the absolute best when it comes to um, design. But I'm just, I'm just reading like some of the stuff about it. It had, uh, well, of course, it had the V10, uh, Renault V10. It did. It had thirty-two races. It won seventeen of them. Thirty-eight podiums, twenty-one poles, and nineteen fastest laps. It also had something that Senna wanted: this traction control. Yeah, traction control. It had um, yeah. electronics that sorted out the balance of the it car. Had, um, for, it yeah. had active, had active suspension. Uh, it had it had everything, and it, this was the fourteen bit. So this was the uh, FW fourteen B. This was in ninety two. But uh, ironically, when um, Senna finally got to sign for Williams, uh, the FIA banned, uh... banned, it, banned all that. Didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just it it, it it just says a lot, doesn't it? The fact is that he it, it just he should have gone before, shouldn't he? Do you think he would have won? Do you think he would have won more titles? Do you think he would have? Sorry, just rephrase that question. Sorry. Do you think he would have won more titles if he had moved to Williams? Do you think he would have broke? If he'd have gone, if he'd have gone in for '92, he would have won rather than Mansell. Definitely, he's a better driver than Nigel Mansell. Not not to disparage Nigel Mansell. I mean, he was a A local very good. He was a very good driver. And a local brummie. I don't believe he would have won uh, the World Championship in any other car than that, yeah. that Super Advanced Williams, personally. I might I be think, wrong nah, that, but... nah, you're not. I think you're wrong. You, you, you should apologise to his moustache immediately. <laughs> 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 um, so we, we carry on with it, the fact that uh, so the new car that Senna had it suffered, from a, it suffered from reliability problems. It was unpredictable in very fast corners. And also that its V12 engine was no longer the most powerful on the circuit. But uh, during during for practice uh, at Mexico, Senna uh, uh, Senna hated the circuit. It's very critical. He hit a bump and it caused a lot of downforce. And they had a very bad crash into the the concrete wall. 
fucking hell, concrete walls yeah. protected drivers. So he had he had to be ex- he had to be extracted from the car by doctors, but he raced the next day. But he retired just a gearbox failure. But he did get he did get wins at Monaco, Hungary, and Italy. Uh, but then um, Monaco ninety two uh, as well. Something yeah, to touch on. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well I just want to before we get to that, I just want to talk about um, how Senna was probably one of even though after he he, he nearly killed Alan Prost and he's he was a very yeah, as I said he put you in a position to crash. He was a he was a man with a big heart. <coughs> and um, at the Belgian Grand Prix during qualifying, uh, a, a racing driver, uh, Eric Comas, crashed yes. heavily. And Senna was the first there. He jumped out of the car. He ran across the track. Didn't really care for his own safety. And he was there to aid his uh, fellow driver. He visited him in hospital as well. And it, 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 it showed a new light to Ayrton Senna at the time. They all thought he was just a, a hard bastard. But he wasn't. He genuinely cared about other people. Yeah, he he responded to lots of letters he got from the fellow Brazilians, and he you know gave quite a lot of donations out um, to various charities and, and whatnot in Brazil. He was he was a good person. I think um, back in those days, there was a, a strong brotherhood in Formula One. He just had this. Uh, Unbelievable desire to to win, which set him apart from everyone else. And you can, you know, there are parallels between Senna and and Hamilton, as much as it pains me to admit it. I mean, Hamilton has this <laughs> unbelievable desire to win. Don't worry, Cole, you're not the only person. You know, he's fall he's fallen out with most of his teammates as well, hasn't he, Hamilton? Apart from I, I can, I, apart from the two written boys he's had in the form of Kovalainen and Bartas, yes. The only thing that's really different is Hamilton's never cut his teeth in a in like a an uncompetitive team, and I think that might have oh, done him. Ooh, I think that might I, have I, done him good. Can, can I argue is that? Yeah. Just, I, I just want to argue that point with that he took. I, I wouldn't say not competitive, but it wasn't the level of Red Bull or Ferrari. He should have won the 2012 World Championship with that McLaren. He, he well, was, yeah, he, sh- he should have. I'll yeah, be he, on, he, he should have because what, what cost him was, was McLaren's reliability. Yeah, and and also the fact is that he was he was able to to drive that car at the beyond its limits, and the fact is he was able to do that at a consistent time. And the fact it was, um, I'm right in thinking he got published in Singapore. And he was leading the Grand Prix, and then the engine just went. And that was when he announced he was signing for Mercedes. And, of course, the rest is history. Mm. But, um, but then, an interesting thing about um, But what I mean is, he never, he's never driven for, like, a Tolman or a, a Sauber or anything. Because he, he, he was groomed by McLaren. He was straight into a fast car. And wasn't he second was, in the championship in his first season? He was yeah. second, yeah. And he should have won that. He should have. It was uh, when he, he it was ch- the Chinese Grand Prix where he he was going to the pit lane and he crashed into the he crashed going into the pit lane. But um, but get go moving on for Lewis Hamilton. We get back to um, ninety two with that and Senna and um, Senna finished fourth um this in the season behind Madsen and Patrese and also um, an up and comer in the form of Michael Schumacher um, and of course. The relationship with Michael Schumacher deteriorated throughout '92, 
Uh, Schumacher accused Senna of playing around at Brazilian Grand Prix, which trying to overtake. And at the French Grand Prix, Senna and Schumacher collided, and we, we Senna confronted Schumacher. But then, of course, fair play to Michael Schumacher, he didn't admit responsibility for the accident that happened. And yeah. then at a test session, Senna and Schumacher had another confrontation in the pits with Senna grabbing Schumacher by the collar and accusing him of endangering him. And Senna does like accusing people of endangering him, doesn't he? It's <laughs> <laughs> it a bit, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's almost a shame in a way you don't have that many sort of fiery characters in sport anymore because you, you sort of step out of line nowadays and everyone's lambasting you on Twitter and, and what yeah, have you. you, so just, no, you one, just, no one yeah. dares. Sort of oh, no. oh, no, mate, there is one. There is one. In football, there is one. And he is Zlatan. <laughs> I was going to say North Ender, but... Uh... No, 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 she, no, 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 no one cares about Nicholas Bender anymore. I'm just saying, though, in terms of not giving a fuck, being the biggest bastard in the world, Zlatan Ibrahimovic takes a lot, a lot of beating. I love Zlatan. But, uh, yeah, but he does it in a way that people don't mind. He's, he's almost doing it in a tongue and cheek. He's almost doing it in a tongue, tongue and cheek kind of way, though, isn't he? It's, it's hilarious. The fact is that you look at him, you go, you arrogant prick, but then you agree with him. <laughs> Um, but, <coughs> but then talk about the cigarettes so at Senna. But the questions, um, there was questions about Senna's intentions uh, for '93. He didn't have a contract with any team by the end of '92. Uh, Ferrari had offered a contract. Um, Senna did discuss with McLaren, but of course he did declined. Um, he was also getting the feeling that McLaren's cars were less competitive than the previous years, obviously. And it was also given, especially with Honda deciding to abandon the sport in 92. And also McLaren's lack of suspension, the lack of suspension in terms of Williams. So Senna um, secured an IndyCar testing session um, with the support of Emerson Fittipaldi. And uh, he did, in fact, visit the Firebird International Raceway in 92 and did test the car. All right, I didn't realise that. Yeah, so what he did was he... um, So to familiarise himself with it, he ran 14 slow laps for competing, like 10 10 laps of the slow time, and set a best time of uh, 49.9. Fittipaldi's best time was 49.7. And he only beat Senna's time by using the... Next season's car, which is more powerful, oh, and he only right. beat him then by 0.5 of a second. So, it just showed the, the sheer speed that Ayrton Senna had. But of course, um, Ayrton Senna stayed at McLaren for the '93 Grand Prix, and um, Ron Dennis had managed to secure the Renault V10s. So, basically, during this time, that McLaren liked to steal from Williams, right. Ninety-three. I thought they were running a Ford engines, weren't they? No, no. In ninety-three, uh, so they. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. I've, I've, I've read that wrong in my notes. Um, Ron Dennis attempted to secure the supply of the. Uh-huh. the so, but when, when, but when it fell through, Senna actually went to Williams himself and, taught, and sought to take one of their, uh, their rides. Basically, their, two of their open rides. So Mansell um, joined in the IndyCar series, and Patrese left to go to Benetton. Um, 
So, but Senna actually went so far as to forfeit his salary just to drive one of the Renaults. Um, and of course, we all know who came and took that that seat, don't we? I don't Did know. We? Who was it? Who was it? I forgot. It was a little Frenchman. Uh, Jean Alessi? Uh, Alain Prost? Oh. Yeah, I, 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 I thought we'd be sarcastic and we actually knew. Um, <laughs> well, it so was Jean Alessi. No, no, it was Alan Prost. So oh. Prost returned. <coughs> So it was the first time that he joined since being fired by Ferrari. Yeah, for uh, uh, saying their car was shite or something. Yeah. And his contract included... So basically, he had Vito who would join him in the car. Yeah. So there was no way. There was no way. Yeah, he had it in a contract. That basically, <laughs> it was put in a contract that as long as he was there, Senna could not join William, basically. <laughs> that was the best business decision he ever made. Um, in fact, is that Senna called him a coward. You know, you know what? You know, he called him a coward, and Nigel Mansell was tapping him on the back. It's like, hey, hey, I agree with you. <laughs> but, got, but, um, but things though, it was, um, of course, then McLaren had to take, as as Assad said, the Ford V8 engines, and and they also had a new teammate in Andretti. Uh, yeah, Ma- Michael Andretti. So the Mario. Um, so they had that, uh, but then it was. Um, so of course, I had the Ford V8 engine. It was down on power, of course, to the V10. Uh, but then Senna's deal was on a race by race basis instead of a four year contract. So basically, do you know how much he was getting paid a race? No, I didn't look that up actually. He was getting paid. Basically, he was Brock Lesnar at this point. Right. Well, he wasn't racing well, every race. No, he basically he was. He, was a, <laughs> he only turned up to the ones he wanted. But, um, <laughs> and he got extra for Saudi Arabia. Well, hey. But um, oh, so basically, he was on a million pound a race. Oh, and they and also they did mid-season testing. Uh, with a Lamborghini B12. Hello, that's a but, drop in the ocean nowadays. <laughs> but of course, McLaren then signed a deal with Persia. <laughs> and I don't, I, remember, I don't even remember Persia being involved in F1, no, actually. Because they did the engines from car in 94. They did the engines for Prost as well. Actually, they did the engines for Jordan as well in 96. Yeah. And then and then uh, and ninety seven, and then they did but the then, engine. Yeah. But then in the, in the in the race, so basically this is this is using the Ford engine. So in the opening race, he he, he set up. Um, Senna finishes second. Uh, and also he won in Brazil and Donington. And I, I spoke about this with uh, both of you pr- prior to this. That's going to be probably one of the best opening laps I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh. To go from he was. He was fifth at the first corner, and he led at the end of the first lap. And he let he got he lapped he lapped everyone but second place. It's crazy, isn't it? And then he scored a second place finish in Spain, and then a, and then the record breaking sixth win at Monaco. Um, he, but then he was unexpectedly leading the championship from the all dominant Williams Renault at the time of missed of, of Alain Prost, but. The, as the season progressed, the, the Williams just dominated everything, and Senna suffered 
mechanical failures at Imola, Canada, Britain, Hungary, and Portugal. But he did win in Japan. And, of course, as I uh, had mentioned earlier, the incident involving Eddie Irvine. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, he... Fair, 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 fair <laughs> to Irvine, to be honest. I'm full on side then... with Irvine here. <laughs> But then, for set, but then, Senna went to the garage and punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm a full of side of the but... Um, and then, we, do you, I'll just ask you a question. Do you know what Senna's last F1 career win was? It was Adelaide, uh, the final race of that season. It was. It was the last win for an active suspension F1 car. And it, the win in Adelaide was an emotional one for Senna. Because he he ended his it was he ended his McLaren career, and also defeated Prost for the last time, and also of course at Fred, of course Prost was retiring from F one at this time, and in a moment of shock at the time, Prost and Senna shared the top top um, top spot of the podium, and it looked like that that all the all the shit and the aggro of the past five years had gone and they were able to stand together as equals. And I think, I, I, I genuinely think these two are so similar in the fact is that they would do anything to win, but Senna was more outspoken than Prost was. It was also... Um... A down, well, you could say a a time when Senna was questioning his ability. Well, once we get into '94, but it was a time he's questioning his ability and his motivation. Carl, what, what what's what's your take on it? Do you think at this point? Do you think when they did this, they they knew that they were they were the best two in the world at the time, or do you think it was like a Prost was saying or Senna was saying, "Yeah, you are the best. You are my equal." Sort of thing. Uh, I think they they both knew that they were the best, definitely at, at that time. I don't know if Senna would really consider anyone his equal, but he perhaps he perhaps had earned a bit more respect for him. Um, but yeah, I mean those two were head, head and shoulders above above the rest. Um, Prost won his fourth world championship, and uh, yeah, decided uh, that was. Enough for him at his age, and, and he re- he retired, leaving a vacant spot in Williams for someone to fill. Yeah, so finally, and, did you, and also on that podium was uh, a very young Damon Hell. Uh, yeah. Who cares about him? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, as Carl touched on, in '94, Senna finally joined Williams, and he was paid. 20, he was paid a £20 million salary. Um, he was assigned a car number two, which uh, with Damon Hill running car number zero, because at that time it basically it was like uh, we constructed things a lot. One, two had their car when Prost, uh, of course, being number one, uh, he would have been number one, but he retired, so he took that with him. And also, when Senna came, there was a new sponsor in Rothmans International, and Senna was the uh, so it was the first driver in the familiar white and navy that they had. But again, there was lots of raw challenges. That was a really smart livery, that was, to be sure. It was a great livery. Don't forget the Sega logo as well. 
Yeah, no, that, I'm, I'm just looking at it now. It's just absolutely beautiful. But we get to, so basically, as Carl talked about earlier, there was... Before we, before we continue, I just like, do you know there's a story about um, the number choices that Senna could make? Because someone said, uh, why don't you have number zero in a car? It's like, number zero? You crazy. You're just basically calling me a loser. I'll rob out number two, thank you. <sighs> so basically, so... So there was a so raw change for '94, um, where they banned active suspension, traction control, and ABS. And of yeah, course, he joined in, Williams for. <laughs> yeah, and it all went. And during testing, the, the the new car it was had none of the superiority, and he found himself running with uh, found himself close with the Benetton of Michael Schumacher. And he he said this. He said about the handling of the car. He said a very very negative feeling about driving the car and driving it on the limit. So. He says some of that could be delayed uh, electronic change, but I think the car has its own characteristics, which I'm not fully confident in yet. And he then said this, it's going to be a season with lots of accidents, and I'll risk saying that we'll be lucky if something really serious doesn't happen. And just just reading that and seeing that, it is a jarring thing to see mm. and to hear. Yeah. But he just couldn't... I mean, you're just going to get happy with the setup of the of that car at all for some reason. Didn't, didn't, yeah. didn't obviously relied that Williams obviously relied so much on all those electrical and yeah. extras that they banned that was yeah. and it was a part of shite. So, so the first race of the season, he, he, which was at Interlagos, he took pole position, uh, but Schumacher wasn't far behind at the race, and of course Schumacher took over when Cena was in the pits. And he pushed too hard, and he, he stalled and retired from the race. Again, he placed a car on pole at, at the Pacific Grand Prix. Uh, but again, he was hit by Mika Hakkinen. His race came to an end when he spun backwards into the gravel trap. And and then it was uh, it was T-boned by Niccolo Larini in the Ferrari. Um, Schumacher won. It was, a, it was Senna's worst start to a season. Yeah, I've scored any yeah. points in the first two seasons, first two races, and this because as you had to you know, continue on that, there's something that he touched on uh, because after he crashed at the Pacific Grand Prix, he just stayed at the pits for he stayed at the incident for a little bit to hear the Benson and he thought it had traction control. Yeah, he thought they were still using uh, some of the things they banned because it was just so so far ahead of everything else. Michael Schumacher yeah. did say he thought that was out of bullshit. In a 2013-14 interview, before his uh, incident in uh, yeah. Switzerland. Mm. But then, um, and this was a discussion that came up that um, in the 20th anniversary of, of course, Senna's death, uh, that the Ferrari president Luca di Montezemolo had a conversation with Senna in his house. That Senna about, about talking to Senna about future Ferrari engagement. Can you imagine Senna at Ferrari? Oh, it would have been great. But, um, yes. So there's a, okay, there was a, there was a lot of controversies um, in the '94 season, as you said, the last the, the lack of electronic uh, aid, and also of course the Benetton uh, car. But um, in an interview uh, again for the 20th anniversary, Damon Hill said that Senna had concluded there was unusual noises on the engine and a special tweak giving Benetton an advantage in that. And then, so the season ended in the Australian Grand Prix, and it was renamed the, uh, of course, the um, Senna Chicane in Adelaide. And um, we'll get to um, Imola now. Um, May the 1st, 1994, 
the San Marino Grand Prix, Ayrton Senna died at the age of 34, succumbing to fatal injuries that he suffered. Um, I know that me and Asad didn't watch this live because we wasn't born to watch it live, but mm. watching it back, it's probably the only incident in Formula One that's brought me to tears. It's, um, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, I don't know, it's put it into words. It's such, it's such a terrible incident. And the whole weekend, though, I mean, yeah. you look back on that, yeah. riddled with um, bad incidents. I mean, Rubens Barrichello had an incident in the park <laughs> and completely flipped over. I mean, Harry it was Ward, a, Harry Ward from that, it, it, was only a broken, broken arm. And, yeah, yeah, and a nose as well. And then mm. also on Saturday, um, Roland Ratzenberger was killed. So basically, he's, the front wing of his car broke and it sent him into a concrete wall. I mean, yeah, I think he was safety. Because you, yeah, he was, he was dead on impact, I think. You could tell yeah. by uh, the way he was his, slumped in the car as uh, his head movement as yeah. well. Um, so basically, Senna immediately visited the accident scene. And of course, he again disregarded his own safety, jumped out and ran to the car. And just what I was reading up and what I started to find that he met with, uh, uh, we mentioned Sid Watkins, and he suggested that Senna should retire from racing and go fishing. And yeah. Senna basically said he, he can't stop racing. Uh, he was he was then later called in front of the stewards for co- commandeering an official vehicle, an official car, and climbing medical centre fence. So basically, he was called up. He wasn't punished, but it was absolutely stupid to call him on. And he spent, and then he spent the, his final morning on the Sunday, talking to uh, Alan Prost to discuss yeah. the re-establishment of the GPDA uh, with the aim of improving safety in Formula 1. So even then, he was trying to do... He was trying to find more safety in this. And then, at the start of the Grand Prix... Uh, sorry, just like there, there was... Um, yeah, sorry, so the start of the Grand Prix, he retained the lead for Schumacher, but then he was soon affected by, like, a, an accident for a Benetton stall that was hit by the Lotus. So... JJ, JJ yeah. Leto, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah, JJ Leto, Pedro, Leto and, uh, uh, Pedro Lamy. Yeah. So the safety car, which was a Vauxhall Vectra, it was re- it was so slow. It was questioned because why didn't say why well, they didn't use it? And Senna pulled pulled alongside the Vectra and told him to res- to uh, increase his speed. Um. And then, as he rounded the the Tamborello corner, his car left in a straight line, and he crashed into the wall at 145 miles an hour. Carl, I know that we, I, I, I know that out of all three of us, you were watching it. What was your? I know I'm asking you to think back quite a lot, but what was your watching it? Was you aware that something serious had happened? Was you aware that he died or anything like you that? You weren't. You weren't aware he had died. No, you, you knew. Obviously, you knew it was serious. I mean, the race was the race was red flagged. Um, they weren't really show. You know, they weren't really showing you what was going on with him and his car. It was mostly shots of. Uh, I mean, other drivers and that. I mean, your sort of memory, sort of gets mixed up with stuff you've seen in documentaries and news programs because it's so, you know, because it's so long ago. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you just, you, you really didn't, you knew it was serious, but you didn't know how serious. Um, the fact that they weren't really mentioned, it's like, um, it's almost like in wrestling, if someone's got a shoot injury, you know it's serious because they, they, they won't mention it if it's not, you know, if it's, if it's not a part of a storyline. And because they weren't, saying anything about Senna, you, you, you did have a bad feeling in your gut, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Because there, there's something, well, kind of sad about it, really, that Tamarola corner. Because, as I mentioned, Gerhard Berger crashed that corner and got second-degree burns. And also mm. Nelson Piquet crashed at that corner as well. And I think after Berger's incident, they were hoping to, I think, increase the runoff area, I think, that was, they were trying to do. But there was a, yeah. there was I think it was a sea or some water behind it, so we're unable to push that corner. Um, but then go, but sorry, I'm just gonna lie. It's sorry, been sorry. some time as well since anyone had died in an actual actual race, even in them days. So it was um, it was a foot before Brattenburg, it was first fatality for twelve years. Yeah, so you yeah. know it's not, and then you had two, you know, two in one weekend. It, and nearly, nearly free to be honest. So, it, it was yeah. very, it was very shocking. I mean, it's yeah. like, um, it's like Jules Bianchi because he was because no one's. I think he's the first person to to die since Senna. So it, it shocks you even more because it's just it's something that doesn't really happen anymore. I, mm. I, I've, I've got strong views on the um, Jules Bianchi death, and I've had to wear of him. Um, I that it, it, that one just angers I me. Yeah. That uh, why, why that one angers me is why the why the fuck was there a JCB on the uh, the track? But anyway, so we 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 carry on with this one and um, so uh, Senna was declared dead at quarter past two, which is when he impacted the wall and his brain stopped functioning. And according to Sid Watkins, he said that as soon as he saw Senna's pupils, he knew that his brain stream was inactive and that he was going to die. Um, the extent of the accident was the front the front wheel and suspension came apart and it struck Senna. Yeah, in the side he, of his helmet. He hit at the exact angle that would make the suspension shaft come up and hit his yeah. uh, him in the helmet. And he and he, you know, if he hit in any of them, because apparently he had no other um, bruising or broken bones or anything. Uh, if he'd have hit any other way, he he might have escaped with his life. But, you know, so it just shows how desperately unlucky he was. Yeah. I mean, apparently he, sus- he sustained fatal skull fractures, brain injuries, and a, re- a ruptured temporal artery. Um, one, one thing that gets... I think this is probably the most... I think one of the saddest things about the whole thing, and this, I think this is what got me more than anything, was the, um, the Austrian flag that was found in his car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my what when when I read that, um, my God, I I I did have a, a tear in my eye. When, when I mean, he, I have put uh, in my notes if he really wasn't the best frame of mind to be racing because he really was um, badly hit by the Ratzen, Ratzenberger's death. It really did traumatize him. Um, I'm not convinced he was in the best mental state to to be racing. I think that whole year was the year that he questioned his ability. I think mm. there was, I mean, he's meant, um, Frost mentioned it before in his uh, interview that Senna basically begged him back to come back to Formula One. 
saying it's you know it's different. It's you know I don't feel the competitive juices of once would. And there was even and this is why it's one of the things I hated about the film, uh, the Senate film in 2011 was they cut out a clip. Well, they didn't include a clip uh, that Senna made on French TV saying, uh, before before I uh, go through the lap, I miss you, Alan, I miss you, Alan. And I think it, it's almost, I think we've touched on about, you know, pros, that hatred for those five plus years, but as with mutual respect. And I think it's almost like a brotherhood, you know, brother, mm. brother love, brotherly love. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, like, um, I don't, I don't know if you guys have watched the uh, the 20th anniversary thing on Sky where they spoke about it, about his death. But we, we got into his funeral and, as we said earlier, three days of um, national mourning. And his, co- he was, um, his coffin was brought back in a Brazilian plane. The Italian Air Force had offered to fly it back. Um, and I think... I'm going back to his uh, going to his funeral. The Paul Bearers that he had, he had um, Gerhard Berger, Alan Prost, yeah. Barrichello, um, Boots and Hill, um, uh, Sid Watkins, and also uh, Joe Ramirez, as we as we mentioned earlier. They couldn't bear they couldn't bear to attend because they were so stricken and um, and also uh, they banned the, the family banned Eccleston from uh, attending. Because of an inter- because of a, an altercation between Senna's brother and um, Eccleston, uh, with his Eccleston's misconstrued reaction to the news of Ayrton's death, uh, Max Mosley attended as well. No, he, he, ten- he, he attended Rattenberg. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. No, he did. Yeah, he went to through because he said he went to through because everyone went to Senna's. And I, I agree what Max Mosley said. I think it's important that somebody went to his because you do forget that. Mm. Roland Ratzenberger did die that weekend, but it's always going to be about Ayrton Senna. Yeah. Um, but and Senna, what, what, that that could, I mean, that that'll bring to an end the fact that Ayrton Senna was. I I think this it was a fitting way. It was a horrible way to go, but like, I think that he he knew what he was doing was dangerous. And I think he knew that he went the risk that wherever, wherever he went, he could die that day. And and he he went out doing what well not doing what he did best by you know behind the safety car, but he went out doing the things he loved, which was racing. And I I, I do want to say that like um, without Ayrton Senna's and, and it's a tragic thing to say, but to come out of Ayrton Senna's death. We got better safety reg- regulations. We got, I, I said the GPDA was reformed. I know that that was after Ratzenberger died, but that was there as well. And it was what twenty-one years till the, the. I mean, like said, for twenty-one years since the, the next one died, and it was just. It's a shame that he had to die for the sport, sport to catch up with the yeah. safety regulations. Carl, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's um, it's it's mad, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but didn't they, they, stop, they stop didn't the... they um, didn't they uh, start racing at Emla for a 
after that as well, or something. They continued. Know, they, they still. Or did they, they rebuild? Or did they rebuild the track? They, had to, they did something, didn't they? Yeah, they, 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 they reconstructed. They turned Tambro into a corner. That's it. Yeah, no, it's not a corner chicane. I apologise. And I think they did the yeah. same with the Villeneuve chicane. Yeah, Villeneuve corner into chicane, and there was one more corner, but I forgot. Um. I, I, aside, what what what's so? Uh, I, I know it's a, it's a somber way to to finish. I think we need to liven it up a little bit. What's your favourite Ayrton Senna moment? You can only pick one. You're putting me on the spot, really. I could do... If, if, if you want to think of mine, I could do mine. There's something I want to... There was something I want to bring up briefly um, before I... But before we can go on to his best moments. Um... I was I was watching something about Nelson Piquet, about he because before Senna became three-time world champion, Nelson Piquet was the first Brazilian to become a three-time world champion, and it's something that fascinated me that Senna was regarded more as an icon in Brazil than Piquet, and Piquet was because Piquet is a boring bastard. <laughs> nah, he's a funny man. He is honestly. No, I think why they seem to go more for Senna is the fact that Senna was just an absolute, I, I don't know. It was a flag bearing, he, you know, he, he was, was, more pri- it was more proud to own the fact that he was from uh, Brazil and as I say, yeah, the driving right you know doing the laps of honor with the brazilian flag and and what have you yeah i mean more pride in where he was from exactly i mean but i I think that's why people think more of Edison than they do of um nasa pk that's that's not taking anything away from nasa pk yeah yeah. is a fantastic racing driver in his own regard but and center for me is leagues ahead of him. Ayrton Senna beat the be- one of the best drivers of all time. Whereas PK PK won his. I'm not this technically take away from Nelson Piquet, but PK won his when there wasn't really a big name to go against. Did he, didn't he win it against Nicky Lauda? I might be getting my years mixed up. But that, I'm, I'm, I, I, this is no again. This is nothing against Nicky Lauda, but it was a Nicky Lauda that was not the Nicky Lauda of years gone by. Yeah, he was um, getting but, to the end of his career at, at that point. Yeah. Nicky Lauda. So um, let, let's move on. From, let's let's move on from Nelson Piquet and Nicky Lauda. We're here to talk about Ayrton Senna. So, um, Carl, uh, 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 what's your favourite Ayrton Senna moment? Probably the that that. Win his first home win in Brazil, and the way he just sort of, despite the car basically being fucked, he he, he drove it home, even though yeah. it you know, <laughs> it, 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 I won't say nearly killed him, but it, it did you know did him quite a bit of harm. Um, my, I'd have to go for. For mine would be that that Monaco lap. Um, mm. 
just that 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 one that, that one handy lap round Monaco where he was just absolutely on it, and there was no there was no fuck ups. There was no there was nothing from it. It was just a man at the absolute peak of his powers. Doing it was what, a man possessed. He, mm. he, he was doing he was doing what he was put on to earth to do, which was drive a car really fast and just, you know, dominate. So that, that, that's my one. That's mine and Carl's one. Asad, what's your one? I, I, I think I figured out mine. I think it was his second win. And I remember this uh, because, I believe it or not, Jonathan Ross did a review of the 4 one season once in uh, 93. There's a fun trivia for you. But um, there was a moment in the podium where Fangio and Senna hugged. A five-time world champion. I, to be honest, I consider Fangio a better, a greater driver than Senna. Probably more because of the mm. fear of you know back in the fifties and stuff like that. But Senna hugging Fangio and add on top, yeah, Michael Schumacher, a future seven seven-time world champion. And you yeah, have Damon he, Hill, gets, a he gets forgotten about Fangio, doesn't he? For some reason, but he was a hell of a driver back in the day. I think why Fangio gets uh, Fangio gets forgotten is he's it's the era that he raced in. People tend to focus more on say like the yeah. Senna, Prost, Schumacher. I I don't no. think Fangio. I, I genuinely don't think Fangio would have won the titles. He would have, he won if he raced in the Senna Prost era. I don't you think don't he would know have. that. That's the thing with sport, really. I was only 10 yeah. back then, so I can barely remember him. Well, when Fangio what? was alive, <laughs> I'm going to say, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, so, no, um, fa- thank you both. I think it, was a, it was a fantastic uh, podcast, and I hope we did uh, and Senna uh, pro, well, justice with how we spoke about him. Um Next week, uh, it will be uh, the Johan Cruyff uh, podcast. I'm looking forward to doing that one as well. Um, I thought you Johann said Schumacher. Is... No, Schum- no, Schumacher's <laughs> down the line. Shut up. He did say that. We've got a recording of on the podcast. It probably oh, is you know best what? to mix it up a bit and yeah. you know, do different sports rather than you know the same. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I do have the next the next three lined up. What I want to do. What, what, what oh, I this is Reese's so... baby, so I'll let him. Uh... Oh, and, and this I, is me I, trying I, to adopt him. And I am. I, I just got love him. <laughs> F- uh, fuck off. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just gonna put this out there. Yeah, I am still the king of rogue opinions. God bless Baron Corbin. Um, so yeah, next week. Uh, next week will be uh, the uh, pod of um, Johan Cruyff. Uh, Carl, plugs? Yeah, um, you can find us all at rogue underscore opinions at Twitter and Instagram. You can check out our back catalogue on all good podcasting formats. Uh, Podoma- um, not Podomatic, Podbean, um, Spotify, Apple Tunes, all, all the rest. Um, I think we've got a Naked Men out. We've got um, Smackdown. Yeah, Smackdown. Retro Smackdown. Retro Smackdown. There's a relative 
time and space the doctor who pod me and sean do you can you can find that uh how to make a summer blockbuster that's uh that's one that's been recently uploaded scott jimmy and nathan so check that out and how many can... fucking podcasts do you do loads this is what happens when you have order that's a previous ventures. and we don't we, we, we don't have a whiny knobhead tell us what to do um, no you can find me yeah yeah um, me instead <laughs> oh you're an old whiny knobhead but you can uh, find fair me enough, <laughs> uh, no no Carl yeah, as I said you are one of the nicest people deluded because of Jinder Mahal but one of the nicest people I know but you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at rsaunders Five and on Instagram at our dot saunders nine four nine five. Asad, uh, you can find me on Instagram at. It doesn't stop. matter what your uh, plugs are because you're not part of it. Um... <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> see, 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 see. This is what happens when you give someone who didn't have power before. We, we just make it. We just look, look. Turn, 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 turn your audio off, mate. We're just letting him think he has power, Asad. <laughs> 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 um, you know, just to let you know, Rahul's oh, oh. just giving me the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Until the day that you back Baron Corbin to win a match, you can call yourself king. I am the king of rogue opinions, and it's a good night from me. Bye. Bye. This is how. Bye. <laughs> Bye.